Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line or maybe even read stories with me or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. I'm your host, Mark, and uh, part two, I'm excited today. We got Jack back on joining us. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great to be back. Yeah, uh, it was great to have you on the first time. So if you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, jump back, go listen to that. It was a fucking banger, and it left us on a cliffhanger. Oh, that's a... Oh, of course. (laughs) Necron, Tyranids, what more could you ask for? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to give us like a quick little rundown of what happened since it might have been a day since somebody listened? Yeah, so uh, basically the overlord Aquatep is in control of the Aquatep dynasty, which he named after himself because he's a <laughs> petulant asshole. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's a fairly small and weak dynasty, and he's just kind of taken slaves on kind of barren small planets that he can conquer with his very small force. And he's been on the, on the kind of lookout for his arch rival Hetsep's dynasty to try and find it before they awaken and kind of go and try and destroy Hetsep and kind of take over his dynasty. And when they, they finally find it. And, but when they arrive, there is a Tyranid splinter fleet sucking the planet dry. So cool. Uh, you mentioned very quickly on the last episode that there was a cryptic who uh, who was working on this piece of technology and all you called it mm-hmm. was the dark orb. And I can't wait to see what the heck that is. It's it's going to cut it. Yeah. You're, you're going to like it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> cool. So I think we're just going to get into it. So now this is uh, The Smiling Lord by none other than Jack. And this is part three. As they approached the planet's surface, they could see a massive Necron tomb standing resolute against the great writhing tide of Tyranids. As they drew nearer, they could make out some green beams of energy near the base of the Great Pyramid-shaped structure. 
Akmotek directed that he and the forces with him should be left off there. They departed their vessel and immediately were met with screeching of millions upon millions of Tyranids trying to destroy all that moved in front of them. Akmotek surveyed the scene, taking in the lay of the land and the disposition of the Necron defenders and the Tyranid attackers. He could easily see that the Necron were slowly being pushed back by the tide. In a matter of hours, the whole tomb world would be overrun. He began directing his warriors, a small band of immortals that he had kept by his side. Best to use them as guard against the horde. At first, he stood back, watching the battle. There are a few Necron of Rin dynasty on the battlefield. Not many had awoken at this point, given the tomb world few defenders. He was flustered at first by the continued retreat of the Necron, despite the addition of his forces. But after an hour, he noticed that his forces were stemming the tide. They had reached a stalemate against the never-ending foe. He saw a lord directing some Rin warriors, clad with light purple armor, the color of the dynasty. Akmotek approached the lord, looking close to see if he recognized the tall figure. Who are you? The lord asked as he approached. Allies, Akmotek replied. What happened here? We detected your master program awakening and arrived to find the Hive Fleet attacking your crown world. The Hive Fleet arrived a few months ago, the Lord replied. They wiped out the Xenos population quickly. We were in the process of reawakening and the Tyranids started attacking us when they triggered the Canoptic defenses. They've been assaulting us ever since and we were nearing defeat. No, there will be no defeat while I am here. Akmotek said. My forces are beginning to shore up the defenses here. We will hold these bugs off. The Lord began shaking his head. As long as their bio ships are in orbit, they can just throw more and more of their warriors at us. They are still sucking this planet dry. And as long as they have a steady supply of biomass, we cannot win. My fleet had engaged the enemy. They will blast them out of the sky, Akmotek said. Are you currently in charge here? I was until Overlord Hepsep woke up a few weeks ago, he replied. Akmotep felt a jolt in his chest. He did not allow it to show, though. Where is he? He said nonchalantly. Somewhere on the front lines, the Lord said, pointing towards the thick fighting in front of them. My forces would join them there. The only way to win this fight will be to outlast the enemy. I have a resurrection orb that should level the playing field. Akmotep said before motioning to his immortals to join him. They marched into the line behind him robotically. When they were assembled, he began to jog at a brisk pace towards the front lines, the warriors keeping up behind him. The incandescent screeching grew increasingly louder as they approached. It would have struck a horror in mere mortals, but to the Necron, it was nothing but white noise, something to be ignored as they went about their task. Just as they arrived, a large group of Hormagons broke through the shallow Necron line, charging toward Akmotek's newly arrived group. Just as they made contact, he began to swirl and spin, slicing and cutting and crushing anything within a 10-foot radius, his war scythe humming with a green arcing energy so common to the Necron faced no resistance moving through the Tyranid bone and flesh. Though the blade was heavy, he wielded it with a smoothness and grace that few Necron could achieve. His years spent fighting the Eldari had honed his skill with the normally unwieldy blade. 
His movements even resembled Eldar warriors to a point. Most Necron fought with a blunt, emotionless efficiency. Akmotep leaped and added flourish to his movements. He might not rule a dominant dynasty, but he had learned the ways of war well. He was one of the most skilled overlords in the galaxy with a war scythe, and now that skill was on full display. He cut through wave after wave of Tyranids. Homergaunts, rippers, and hordes of other warriors fell to his deadly scythe. With his immortals around him, began with his immortals around him, he began to cut a path towards the Tyranid line. Warriors both from his own dynasty and the Rin dynasty began to rally around him and push the chittering mass back. It was not long before the adaptive Xenos responded. Soon, larger and larger creatures began to descend upon their position. Carnifexes and Trigon appeared more frequently. Akmotek and his forces were battered back, and a group of three Carnifexes caused the most damage, wiping out several Necron squads. Even the fire of the Immortals was not enough to bring them down. They were stampeding their way toward Akmotep, instructed by their Synapse creature to kill the pesky overlord. He braced for impact, wildly calculating his best course of action. Less than 50 meters from him, the first Carnifex was struck in the side by a massive green laser, disintegrating a layer of flesh. The creature stopped, roaring in protest. Another green bee crashed into the monster, punching through the wound and obliterating its insides, killing it. More large beams began to cut into the other Carnifexes and larger Tyranids, stemming the tide and giving the Necron the advantage again. Akmotek looked back towards the massive Necron structure that they were defending. He could see several doomsday arcs set up along the slopes pointed towards their position, providing overwatch. Looks like they actually know what they're doing, he said out loud to himself. He looked around. The battle was still raging around him, but there were no threats to his person at the moment. He could see the damage and wrecked forms of Necron scattered around the battlefield. Time to even the odds, he said. He lifted the resurrection orb from his hip and held it high. It began to shine brightly, his will powering it, calling to the Necron corpses. The dirty metals lying on the ground shuddered. They began to flex and move together, reforming the shapes of the skeletal warriors they belonged to. The longer he held the orb up, the faster the Necron began to reform. Some, not as badly damaged as others, were already rising to their feet, taking up their arms and rejoining the fight. With their forces bolstered, the Necron defenses, defensive line pushed the Tyranid army back further, taking a massive toll on the creatures. Akmotep knew it would only be a matter of time before the horde adapted. He walked over to a nearby cryptic, asking him to connect him to his ships in orbit. Lord Mecht, how goes the battle above? He inquired. My lord, the Tyranid fleet is small, but strong. We are keeping our distance, using our superior range and weapons to weaken them. We cannot afford to lose many ships. Their biomass bio have also moved to block us from destroying the tethers going to the planet. Our best course of action right now is to continue to whip them out until they run out of battle mass to build more ships. If we keep pressure on them, we can outlast them, Mecht replied. Then we do as we have done for 60 million years, Akmotep sighed. We wait our enemy out. So the battle continued, each side pushing back and forth. When the Tyranids gained the upper hand, Akmotep and the other lords would use their resurrection orbs to raise their troops again. When the Necron took the, advances, the advantage, 
the Tyranids would send new waves of biomorphs and creatures to tip the balance. After the, after the fifth resurrection of the surrounding Necron troops, Akmotep noticed that the Horde was focusing more and more of its energy in, on his area, identifying him as a source of command and consternation on the battlefield. Still, he fought on, eradicating every threat brought to bear against him. After several days of fighting, Akmotep felt a great rumbling beneath him. He leapt out of the way as a massive Tyranid ripped through the soil beneath his feet. When he looked up at the massive monster, a seed of doubt formed in his mind. The beast was over six meters in height. It had massive scything talons and a wide mouth full of teeth, at least a foot and a half long. Its carapace was thick and heavily armored. Several smaller tyranids followed it closely as bodyguards for this superior organism, a hive tyrant. It fixed its beady, hate-filled eyes on Akmotech and charged. That's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just love like se like several days of fighting. Oh, yeah. Like these are both, I mean, Necron are just like, they're never getting tired and neither are the Tyranids because yeah. they just have enough biomass to keep throwing at them. So it's just like, obviously this is going to go on until one side gives out. So yeah, no, you've done a great job of like describing that. Um, yeah. If you want to read the next part. Certainly. <clears throat> Moving with a grace and speed rarely seen among the Necron, Aquatep ducked, spun, and dodged through the vicious swings of the Hive Tyrant's talons. While his war scythe had been effective against the smaller organisms of the Tyranid Horde, it did little damage to the powerful shell he was faced with now. It only managed small scrapes and shallow cuts, even at the more vulnerable sections of the beast, such as its joints and limbs. It was a careful dance, any poor decision, a faulty move, would end in certain peril. The immortals had their hands full dealing with the Tyranid warriors guarding the Hive Tyrant. Aquantep finally made some progress, cutting a leg off at the joint. The Hive Tyrant roared in pain, lashing it with its massive tail. It struck Aquantep in the chest, sending him flying back. The impact of the ground sent him tumbling head over heels. He managed to right himself in time to see the Hive Tyrant bearing down on him. He braced for the attack, but the monster was suddenly thrown off course by a pain on its back. A large figure, clearly Necron, was clinging to its back, burying its massive war glaive deep into the high tyrant's chitin. When the beast turned its head to observe its new attacker, Aquintep leapt forward, slashing with all his might. He opened up a fresh wound towards the bottom of the creature's neck, dark-colored blood spewing forth from the wound. The Hive Tyrant roared in pain again. The two Necron fought together for over an hour against the massive Tyranid, cutting, poking, and wounding it little by little. As time wore on, the monster started to become more and more savage in its attacks, lashing out and trying to fall back to disengage from a clearly losing battle. The two Necron would not allow such a thing to happen. They pursued it relentlessly, never giving it time to recover or escape. Finally, Aquatep struck a critical blow slicing through the tyrant, the hive tyrant's face, blinding it in one eye. It retreated a few paces, shrieking and clawing at the ground. The other tyrant rushed forward and plunged his war glaive into its chest, twisting it to cause more internal damage. The hive tyrant bowed its head low, snapping blindly where it thought the attack was coming from. Aquatep seized the opportunity to jump atop the creature's head. He leapt into the air to gain some momentum and crashed down again, sweeping his scythe across the back of its neck. 
in two huge swipes. The first cut through the carapace and a layer of flesh underneath. The second split the head from the body, leaving only the outer shell and the bottom connecting the two. The high tyrant collapsed, a pool of blood quickly staining the ground around the detached flesh of its head and neck. The two Necron looked at each other, examining the other for the first time as they had paid little attention during the fight. As Aquatech began to look at the Necron, he froze in place. He was slightly taller than Aquatep and more bulky. Golden raiment bordered the light purple of the pharaoh's body. A large crown-like structure jutted out of his head. Most notable to Aquatep was the dynastic sigil displayed prominently upon the crown. The full sigil of the Rin dynasty. Greetings, overlord, Hatsap said. I thank you for coming to my aid here on this crown world. Without your assistance, we would have been overrun. Many of my warriors still sleep. Aquatep did not respond. His programming seemed to be failing him at the moment. Hetsep looked around, surveying the scene, the dead, the dead hive tyrant in particular. I do not recognize this beast. Much has changed since I was last awake. Nevertheless, this was a great monster that you fought and slew. I might have assisted, but it chose you as its target. These creatures, he said, gesturing out towards the Tyranids, pinpointed you as a leader worthy of note and sent their greatest warrior against you. And yet you still stand. I am a great lord of the Necron, the ruler of a powerful dynasty. I would be honored to have you as part of it. An overlord of your stature would surely be a great addition to my forces, he said, offering his hand in a sign of, in a sign of question. Aquatep stared blankly at the pharaoh, confused. You do not know me, he asked, finding his voice again. No, Hetsep replied, extending his arm a little further. For several moments, there was a stillness between them. Aquatep glanced around. All other Necron were engaged with enemies. Standing next to the high tyrant, they could not be seen from the tomb complex to their right. Aquatep came to a decision. In a blur of motion, he swung his war scythe, cutting Hetsep's weapon arm off. In the same motion, he cleaved through his waist, cutting the pharaoh in half. A wordless shudder escaped from Hetsep as his body collapsed in a heap. A third strike from Aquatep decapitated the pharaoh. In an instant, he took the device that Hetsep had given him earlier on the ship out. He held the device at arm's length, pointing it at the jumbled remains of his sworn enemy, pressing a button on the top. The front of it opened, sending a wide beam towards Hetsep. His body, already beginning to show signs of resurrection, turned opaque and began to disappear from reality. In a few moments, he was gone. Aquatep closed the device. There was a burning feeling inside his chest, not one of rage, but of triumph. He had defeated his greatest enemy, and he had done so without anyone being the wiser. The burning feeling was reaching a crescendo when he felt a limb slam into him from behind. It did no serious damage, but it did snap him back to the reality of the situation. He turned, swinging his war scythe through the Tyranid Hormagant that had assaulted him. The burn was still there, muted for now. The task before him would take time, but now time was a luxury he could indulge in. There was no one who could stop him now. The battle raged on for several more days, the lines barely moving. 
On the fourth day, there was a massive surge from tyranids, dozens of Carnifexes and Trigons assaulting the Necron lines. Akmotep and the other lords were tested greatly, but weathered the storm. The fifth day, they noticed the tide of tyranids was crashing less and less heavily. The sixth day, the waves waned to a trickle, smaller and smaller in numbers, of increasingly smaller warriors assaulting their position. Finally, at the end of the sixth day, the last of the swarm was eradicated. Akmotep received a call from the Lord Mekt, informing him that the Tyranid fleet had been completely eradicated. Bring the fleet to the planet to an established orbit, he said. We are sending out search parties to clean up any bugs that still might be running around the surface. Now, the time has come for a dynasty to consume Rin. As you will, my lord, came the response. Akmotek made his way back to the massive tomb structure. He was directed by a cryptic towards a gathering of several lords and overlords standing in a circle. I can sense that some of you are perturbed, Akmotep said, in entering the circle. What is the matter at hand? We cannot locate Pharaoh Hepsep, the lord he had first encountered after the landing said. Without the him, there is no ruling overlord to take his place. He glanced around the circle. At least no clear choice to take his place, he continued. The lords all looked around the circle at each other. With no successor appointed, they were all in a position to seize power. It was unclear who would be the one to first try. Realistically, there are only two or three clear candidates. But the lords of the Necron were used to playing this game. Even the most powerful overlords could be upset by low-ranking noble if they played their hand right. Akmotek felt the burning in his chest flare up with the injection of excitement. It had been some time since he played the game. This was his true home, the politics that he had longed for. This a feeling of serenity, if it could be called that, settled over him. He was in his element. He decided it would be best to show his hand now and to throw a wrench into the plans of any other upstart lord before he could gain any sort of advantage. I think it's perfectly clear who the next pharaoh should be, he said, drawing the attention of all the other lords. I will take control of this venerable dynasty. There was a general murmur of confusion among the lords. Excuse me, one of the overlords said condescendingly, but you cannot lay claim to this dynasty. You are not a part of this dynasty's hierarchy. We will not allow some outsider to take control of the dynasty just because you feel like we owe you our salvation. Oh, but I am part of its hierarchy, Akmotep said, relishing every word. It seems as though none of you remember me after the long sleep. I am Akmotep of the same dynasty. I was the overlord under the service of the Rin dynasty towards the end of the war in heaven. Hepsep crushed me under his heel but I have now crushed him under mine. This dynasty is still awaking. Mine is ready and surrounds yours. My forces have won a great victory here today. You have barely survived. Without my leadership, this dynasty would have been devoured. With my continued leadership, this dynasty will make the galaxy bend to our will. He finished with a flourish, extending his arms wide. The other lords were speechless. They had forgotten about Akmotech during the great sleep. Perhaps a fault in their programming during that time had led to faulty memories. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. They had little argument against him. If what he said was true... Akmotep had as much claim to the leadership role of the dynasty as any of them did. The decision was not made yet, but he had struck a critical first blow. A debate was about to begin, but Akmotep knew, as did the others, that this would likely end with him in control. Lord Mech was standing in the front of the great tomb when he saw Akmotep approaching him. He could tell from his step and overall stature that he was in a good mood. My lord, he asked, the Rin dynasty has been absorbed into the Akmotep dynasty, the overlord responded. We now control one of the largest Necron armies on this side of the galaxy. There was a pleased smugness in his tone, cutting through the voice unit's programming as he spoke. Come, let us see what spoils we have at our disposal. They were led by a cryptic into the massive tomb structure. They toured throughout it, examining the vast array of Necron warriors, immortals, and other Necron technology under their control. Akmotek said very little, simply content to walk and slowly admire his new holdings. Mech could see he was very pleased with it all. As they journeyed further on the planet's surface, deeper into the tomb, Akmotek grew more curious. How many other tomb worlds are there under my new dynasty? He asked. There are 20, my lord, the cryptic answered, all bursting with the best Necron race has to offer in our quest to take the galaxy as our own. Perfect, Akmotek purred. Where are we going now, he asked, puzzled by a large door they were approaching. This was the dynasty's most prized possession and the most dangerous, the cryptic said. The doors swung open and three of them stepped inside. Immediately, they noticed the hum of raw energy in the air, a crackling noise with constant chittering through the frames. They approached a railing and looked down. They stared in awe at the sight before them, a bright light coming off the glowing being, struggling against the chains that bound him to the massive structure underneath him, barely containing the, barely containing the power inside. A satan shard. The cryptic and mech gazed in wonder for several seconds before another noise caught their attention. It started a low rumble and increased in volume. 
It was harsh and clear, cutting into their very being. They both slowly turned, seeing Akmotep slowly walking out the room, his shoulders shaking with laughter. My, my lord? Mech said, disturbed. He had never seen a Necron laugh. He knew Akmotep was prone to emotional outbursts, but this was unlike anything he had witnessed before. The laughter continued as Akmotep entered the chamber, the others quickly following behind him. Are you all right, my lord? Mech asked. I am better than I have ever been in my entire existence. He responded, turning to face them. He saw their reaction, Met taking a physical step back when he saw his face. What? Emotech asked. My, my lord, your, your face, it's smiling, Mech said. Akmotet held up a highly polished arm, looking at his reflection. He could see the ends of his unusually straight mouth slit had turned up, giving the impression of a gleefully smiling skeletal mask. His program must have been affected by the wave of joy and satisfaction causing this new cosmetic change. At first, he was disturbed, but then the look seemed to grow on him, a new face for a new lord. Then an idea sprung into his mind. What do the other lords call me? He asked. What, me lord? What, my lord? I always do like fucking medieval. I know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's funny. What, my lord? Mekta said, confused. What was my title? Akmotet prompted again. It was Akmotet the weak, my lord, Mek said, breaking eye contact. Yes. Yes, it was, Akmotet said, admiring his grin once again. I think it's time we change that. I am exceedingly happy with this turn of events, and I want to spread this happiness to the ends of the galaxy he said, salivating every word, salivating every word. From now on, call me Pharaon Akmotep, the Smiling Lord. Cool, man. Holy fuck. Yeah, it gets wild. Yeah. Um, th there's so much happening in this, and it's all so cool. Uh, we'll have to come back to some points at the end, but let let's read the epilogue here. Yeah, the, the epilogue isn't too long, uh, but it does wrap up a couple of really important story threads. <clears throat> the smiling Lord pressed the button on the side of the device once again. It opened, spilling its light inside of the missile-like spacecraft. Out of the light, shapes began to take form. A Necron overlord began to take shape, phasing into existence once again. His torso was still in the process of reattaching itself to his legs. As he came into real space once again, he looked up at the permanently smiling figure stepping out of the pod as the door quickly closed behind him. What is the meaning of this? He bellowed. I am Hetsep the Great, ruler of the Rin Dynasty. I demand answers. Do you remember me now, Hetsep? The smiling lord asked. I do remember you, Hetsep said, nodding. I remembered when you cut my limbs off, Akmotep. The name was spat out with contempt. If you think that you will usurp me, you are wrong. My dynasty will eradicate yours on the field of battle, he said. Oh, it's far too late for that, Akmotep said. Your dynasty already belongs to me. It has for several years now. It's almost completely awakened. Impossible. 
It would not have taken me years to repair my body, Hetsep jeered. No, I'm sure it only took a few minutes to repair yourself. But that's what this is for, Aquatep said, shaking the small device in his hands. I had one of my cryptics create this. It traps whatever it is pointed at in a pocket dimension. Basically a phase out of reality. Your systems would have recognized it as an attempt to repair yourself and did not fight back. But the trick was making the pocket dimension time dilated. A few minutes in there were years out here, he concluded. Hetsap was speechless. He could not process what he was hearing. He could not fathom that Aquatep had defeated him. After a few minutes, he found his voice. No matter, I will still crush you and retake my dynasty. It is only a matter of time. I am eternal, he said. I know, Aquatep said. That's why I'm putting you in this, he said, gesturing to the vessel Hetsep sat in now, staring at him through a window in its side. It's aimed at the Eye of Terror, a portal into the warp, the one place that we can truly be destroyed in. I am sending you there to die eternally. Hetsep rose to his feet, his repairs finished. He approached the window. You think the warp will stop me, he said. I will make my way out. I will come and find you, and we will settle this. Good luck, Akhmatep said. He turned around, pressing a button on a nearby control panel. The Starcraft separated from the ship he was on and began its journey towards the Eye of Terror. He walked down the hall towards the bridge, smiling the whole time. Incredible, man. Um, Jeez, let's start with that dark orb. I love how you did that. Like, uh, um, what is the line here of how the technology works? It's like, oh, it, this was tuned to your phase out reality or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. It basically just phased them out like it normally did, but it put them into a time dilated uh, <laughs> pocket dimension, which is like kind of insane. Yeah. And what which a is cool like, if, the, if the Necron are going to do it, like it's if somebody's going to do it, it's definitely going to be the Necron. Yeah. Yeah. And they have all that kind of technology, but like to connect it all into like one device, that's so cool. And then he just fucking throws it into the warp. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sends a ship into the warp. <laughs> so, supposedly. I don't know. I, I haven't decided yet. I'm, I'm probably going to write a couple other stories featuring Aquatap and uh, maybe heads up will come back and contest the dynasty. But for now, <laughs> Aquatap is a major threat. So cool. I got a couple questions. So um, mm -hmm. the Satan Shard, do you know what Satan Shard it was? Or is that going to be a story for another time? So that's something I've been debating. I do. So this was the, the starting lore for uh, my army. I have a, a Necron army that I, I've put together. I'm still adding a couple pieces to it, but I do have a Satan Shard as part of that army. Yeah. Um, it is a shard of the Nightbringer that I have. I haven't decided yet whether or not I'm going to write, just have the Catan shard that he saw being the Nightbringer, or I've got some other ideas of maybe having him. Uh, actually, no. Now, now that I think of it, there is uh, some other lore, not for, not specifically for. 
uh, my Necron Dynasty. I completely forgot before this. This is actually for a Space Marine chapter I wrote lore, lore for. Yeah. Where it does explain where he gets his uh, his Nightbringer shard. So okay. this could possibly be... He, he's got a lot of holdings now. He's basically yeah. absorbed the entire dynasty. So he might have more than one shard now. Yeah. I, I like, too, that like you kept on saying like uh, how big this dynasty was. But then you would put like a little like uh, little disclaimer on it. Like, it's a big dynasty for that half of the galaxy. Or you would just yeah. say like that. So like we still got the impression of like this all powerful like Necron Lord and his dynasty, but it wasn't the most powerful. You know, it was just a good little sneak in. Yeah, yeah, I definitely I I, I poured over the map and like the codex and stuff. It was just kind of looking. There really aren't a lot of dynasties kind of up near the eye of terror near the like the halo stars where this is kind of uh yeah. set um so he's probably the biggest necron player in that part of the galaxy now having taken over this this other dynasty yeah very cool your army um i'm curious like so you've absorbed like more dynasties into it. Do you mm -hmm. have multiple color schemes in your army to kind of represent this? Because I know the Rin dynasty, you did say like they had a color scheme. I think they had purple energy. Yeah, it was mainly purple. Um, so no, I would assume that Aquatap, as soon as he's taken over, he's the Rin dynasty is not a thing anymore. He's making everybody paint themselves over. I do <laughs> yeah. have, I do actually have a Necron model that I didn't paint uh, uh a friend of mine who sold me a bunch of Necron models had already painted one model um, before he gave it to me. And it was so nicely painted, I decided not to touch it. Yeah. So I kind of have war, like a little like headcanon lore for just this one model. Like, oh, it was <laughs> absorbed from another dynasty, from some other dynasty. Yeah. It's painted like kind of brownish. Okay. It's like an Aquatep just liked it so much. He was like, yeah, you don't have to change to our color scheme. <laughs> so, the, so there is a little bit of that. Yeah. But I think he he would have hated the Rin Dynasty so much that he would he would not have tolerated them keeping that type of color scheme. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's very cool. Uh, what else was interesting in here? There, there was we did a lot of reading, man. This was so cool. Yeah. This was probably one of my favorite lores, to be honest Thank with you. you. Like we don't get a lot of Necron stuff, and yeah, you did it in such a good way. Your characters were interesting. They had some personality, but yeah, you, yeah, man, it was fucking amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to have the mopey sob fest that Eric has with his Necron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you've actually Sh shout out to shout out to Eric in uh, in the was it the Nekabet Dynasty? Yeah, the Nekabet Dynasty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, very. His cool. overlord is just a sob. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. It. You know, you write what you know. I suppose. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Um, you've actually written and submitted lore to us before you entered the Lorehammer Sanguinal, uh, uh, competition. And your story was about, uh, the Necron that came down through the chimney. Do you want to just tell us a little yeah, bit about that? Yeah. And if that connects maybe to this story in any way? It, it does connect to it. So there is a line kind of towards the end of the story <clears throat> where if you're listening, if you're really listening to it, the, the Necron lore that comes out of the chimney says, he, he's a Necron Lord, um, a servant of Aquotep, the Pharaon Aquotep, the Smiling Lord, yeah. um, a thrall to the Silent King, which, yeah. is, which is just a little tidbit. Like, yeah. you know, obviously it's taking place on a former Imperial world where everybody's just getting mind shackled. <laughs> now, but, 
Yeah, no, but it's like that perfect little like throwaway, throwaway line, just like kind of how you had some throwaway lines with Imhotep the Stormlord and the, the Silent mm-hmm. King. It just <clears throat> kind of ties it all together. That was one thing I really appreciated about this story too was I feel like even if I didn't know much about the Necron or even much about 40K in general, this mm-hmm. story, you laid it out so good that, you know, you gave the epilogue where you kind of understood, okay, they came from 60 million years ago. They were a decrepit race and somehow they got better. Like you just, you laid out enough details that anyone could read this and figure out what's, what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I am there. Cause I, I think I originally came up with this story very shortly after I kind of, <clears throat> um, before I even had my army, I developed the idea for it shortly after I started listening to Warhammer, actually. Uh, I didn't actually put it on paper until probably late 2020. Okay. Um, and I've kind of edited it quite yeah. a bit since then, but. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've, got, yeah. I've got some other lore as well. Like I, I mentioned my Space Marine chapter, um, which actually has a little, some extra little tidbits about uh, the Necron dynasty. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah, you're definitely going to have to send that into me. And uh, yeah. I- yeah. I've got a, I've got a couple other stories. Definitely the space Marine one, which is what I, I would say the space Marine one, it's a lot shorter. Thank goodness. It's only <laughs> like 10 pages instead of 20. <laughs> Man, no, it was nice reading it. And uh, yeah, like I fucking loved it. <laughs> Thank you. So the smiling Lord, the miniature, I'm assuming you have a miniature for him. Yep. Does he actually have a smiling face? It's really, really hard since Necron miniatures are so tiny, but I like to imagine he does. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really hard to manipulate like Necron overlords, um, but he is, he is painted up. I do have an Aquantep miniature um, and he has participated in all my battles so far uh, with the army. Yet to, yet, he's yet to be defeated. Um, he, he has been raging against his troops the last couple of times because they have <laughs> lost spectacularly, especially against <laughs> an, an, an Admech army that I came up against and just got totaled in two turns. But, hmm. you know, we've all been there. Yeah. How did you decide to uh, have this story fight Tyranids? Was this at all like a real battle you had at one point or? So, no, um, I did write up a, a separate piece, just kind of a very brief overview it's only like a page or so about just kind of the aquatep dynasty and overview just kind of explaining who they are yeah and i do mention in that that he really has a hatred for tyranids mm-hmm. um he's very much aligned while he doesn't he, he definitely doesn't like other overlords or pharaohs he does still bear a lot of respect for the silent king and is very much involved in the idea of purging the galaxy of the Tyranids, mainly yeah. because he sees the Tyranids, and this is, I, I thought, a hilarious reason for why he hates Tyranids so much. Tyranids eat biomass, and therefore they're eating people that could potentially be his slaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that was a why, good. that's why he hates them so much. <laughs> yeah, that was a good part in uh, the story we shared yesterday, you know, in the mm-hmm. episode. Uh, in part one, I think you were talking about, yeah, I don't require you guys to do much. Like just build me monuments. That's all I need you to do. Look after your families, eat well, but build me monuments. Like, yeah. And I, I like to think now that he's got a, a, 
a large enough army to really kind of crack down on a lot of these people because really before he was just going planet to planet conquering them with pretty much everything he had yeah and then leaving and then just being like okay <laughs> i'll come back and check in 100 years see how they do it yeah yeah but now he's actually able to really put those and that, that was kind of the whole idea of the 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 lord in the chimney was that now he's got the forces to really control these worlds and now he's like mind shackling them nice and i like to think that even if he's not mind shackling them he's definitely brainwashing them like that little kid is probably not getting mind shackled but <laughs> he's gonna grow up and be in some like bastardized version of the imperial guard that's just being used to serve this necron dynasty now yeah yeah like your lord was all about manipulation so i'm sure even Mm -hmm. like he would manipulate himself into maybe their religious beliefs already that exist Mm -hmm. and like you know just whatever way he can best manipulate them (laughs) oh for sure yeah um I'm trying to remember if you said like the overall color scheme of your army. I know they have green energy, but what what kind of do so, they? Yeah, I've actually got. I happen to have my army right next to me. I'll show you a piece, but they do have. Uh, I'll grab one of my destroyer lords. So they do have a white and blue color scheme. So their shoulder pads yeah. are painted on the right side is white, on the left side is blue, and then they have the typical kind of green energy. Yeah, and then uh, silver, the most necrons silver limbs, gold kind yeah, of yeah. Cool. I'm not I'm not the best painter, so I try to try to keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Whatever. It, it is yeah, the, painted. The, That's cool. You don't often <laughs> see you don't often it is see painted. that kind of uh, quartered color scheme, and I really like that. Very cool, man. Very mm-hmm. cool. Thank you. Um yeah, yeah. getting detail work is a bitch though. <laughs> yeah, you get better. Um like you, you've only been in the hobby for a couple of years, you know, 50 years from now, you'll be a actually, it's probably like less than a year now that I have had miniatures for, I didn't get miniatures until very recently. So. Okay. Okay. You're just like kind of invested in the lore of it. I was definitely invested in the lore for a while. Um, I was overseas for a little bit, uh, with the army, but, um, after I got back, I was like, I'm doing an army. <laughs> it was, it was the middle of COVID and I was like, I need something to keep me occupied. Heck yeah. Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Do you have anything else you want to share about the smiling Lord and his dynasty? Uh, he's coming for you. <laughs> oh God. Is... That, that's ah. it. <laughs> Please don't threaten my listeners. That's <laughs> it, it's not a threat. He's, he's very benevolent and caring oh, as long oh, as you yeah. do exactly what he wants you to. <laughs> Sounds and like if a... you don't, he's going to mind shackle you <laughs> and then it'll just be a complete bliss. <laughs> Fantastic. Man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jack, for sharing. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you so much for being a Patreon member and supporting the show. Absolutely. Uh, Really looking forward to the next time I'm able to come on, share some more lore, or maybe read somebody else's lore. Yeah, man, for sure. I'd love that. We'll make that happen. Um, Well, thanks everyone for listening and uh, hope to see you on the next episode of Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you later. Yeah, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email 
lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.